Welcome back to Exes and Allies Unfiltered. I'm your host, Marissa. What up? So, like I mentioned in the last podcast, uh, something I wanted to start off with was financial abuse. Yeah. What are your takes on it? I think, what, what, I thought there was more than just financial abuse. Oh yeah, mental abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. So we're going to start out with just financial? Yeah, because I don't think you really understand it. Well, I think it comes in many forms. Because I know we had... Oh yeah, for sure. We definitely had uh, financial issues, like fights. Do you think you were a financial abuser? Maybe when we got income tax, like during those times. As far as, like, day-to-day, we lived outside of our means, for sure, in my opinion. Like, if you took my monthly income and then what we had going out every month, like, it was always in the red. Like, we, we weren't able to really live how we were living unless it was just us hustling on top of it. I remember um sorry for that long pause. I remember when I wanted something, I hustled for it. Like I went trash picking and flipping furniture and flipping trash and selling clothes and selling shit on next door if I wanted something. Yeah. I mean, it's something that we did together, too. Also, so I was looking up financial abuse and realized that's something I dealt with in both my marriages. With the first one, extremely. Well, with you, kind of extremely, too. But with the first one, I was only married for, like, uh, six months. But that was the whole Air Force living situation obviously it was financial abuse because I was fucking homeless and starving (laughs) while he was getting a good check from the Air Force great great check from the Air Force so that one's pretty obvious I think I chalked our situation up to just struggling oh yeah for sure but that's not true No, we definitely struggled. No, I think we struggled, but there was financial abuse at play. And the thing that hits me the most is we were together for eight years. Eight years strong. And I was obviously a stay-at-home mom that whole time. And I, one of our biggest arguments is why you wouldn't put me on your bank account. Why we didn't have a bank account where we both could access money. And that's not something that ever happened. Like, I was just out here fucking with zero dollars all the time. That's not true. That's not true. I would spend new money sometimes if I had it. 
sometimes, but also you would, you would get whatever you wanted. Like, if you wanted a new gun, you would make it happen. If you wanted this, you would make it happen. Yeah, but those I would get to make happen in order to later on make a profit. Like, I wasn't... Okay, example, um, shit, during COVID, when workout equipment was high dollar, whenever I would find either free or really cheap workout equipment, I'd go pick it up and spend that money or that time and then resell it and make a profit. No, yeah, I get that. But the fact that, I don't know, I think our argument was when I asked for something, one is the fucking problem. I asked. I had to ask you. Like, you were my fucking master. Like, my father. And that would turn into an argument because you were like, we're broke, we don't have money, blah, blah, blah. And my rebuttal is like, bro, how the fuck am I supposed to know we're broke? I can't see any type of bank account. I can't, I can't fucking do anything. I can't see shit. And I didn't see shit that whole marriage, that entire fucking time. And I realize now, even as a fucking stay-at-home mom, there's no reason I should have been asking you to go get a drink at Sonic. Asking you to send me $5 for fucking anything. Asking you for gas money. Like, that. that's just weird. It's weird to me that my husband was fucking zilling me or cash-apping me. Stuff for our daily life like gas like anything you don't think that's weird I mean yeah it definitely is weird but at the same time like we just we didn't have the money a lot of times like a lot of times and I mean you being there there were a lot of times we were fucked. Like, we didn't have rent money. And we'd go up to the casino with what money we got and come back and either not have any money or have double rent money and able to pay everything. Or we'd have to hustle to make fucking rent money. That's not my point, though. No, but... Like, I yes, get struggling. Yes. yes, but, okay, I guess... In my head, thinking about it now, if we would have had a joint bank account and you had your own card and you just saw money in there, like, if you think it's weird to ask and you're just over there spending money because there's some in the account. (laughs) No, but this is the fucking problem, my dude. Like, you treated me like a child our whole marriage, where you just, you didn't have any faith or trust or respect for me to talk to me about bills, to talk to me about the money we need, or to budget with me, or to treat me like a fucking adult. You treated me like 
I was a 16-year-old, immature, irresponsible girl who was going to see money and just go start swiping. You know what I mean? Like, yes, but that there... wasn't a marriage. That was you being controlling as fuck. Financially abusing. We we see it two different ways for sure. Because there were multiple times where we sat down and we That's ran That's because numbers. you've never been in the situation. We ran numbers yeah, maybe three times in our entire marriage. And that was after me arguing saying I want to have a bigger part in our financial situation because it's embarrassing to work as hard as I did with three children, three children under three and on and to have no no kind of say in what our money goes to, how we budget our money, what's getting bought. It was, I mean, it became a normal thing. I managed because that's all I fucking knew. But looking back at it now, it's it's something I definitely should have stood up for myself more about. Because that's not a fucking marriage. That's being controlled. 100% controlled. Yeah. And I mean, I learned. I learned from our marriage. I learned, I learned in that shit too. But, You, you're right with everything, but for me, it was like, okay, I knew the numbers, and we had talked about the numbers, even if it was three times, like, I never was going to make enough just working my daily job to cover all the bills, like, there was always having to be a hustle. No, 100%, I understand that. So for me, it was like... Because I hustled with you. Yeah. So I was doing work with you. Except I didn't know anything behind the scenes. And looking at it now, like, that situation, that alone set me back a lot of years. Because here I am, a single mom of three at 28, and now that I'm running my own business, making my own money, paying my own bills, like, that's all shit I had to learn. We could have, we could have learned how to budget and save and prioritize our spending together, but that's something I was never a part of, because you had to control. Well, I mean, if you want to go into the business aspect of it, like, with you, now, I'm kind of, I kind of started, helped you start all that way back when. Helped me start my photography business? Yeah. I bought the desktop, camera. You bought a camera later on, a different one, but I remember copping a couple cameras. No, and yeah, paying, I never put, I never, room. I'm not taking that away from you, but, but also, like, like but how you, else was I going to start? I had zero dollars. Exactly, but I, it was something that you wanted to do that would help you make money, you know, it, would, it was going to be an income source for you, 
And any time that you wanted to venture off in that stuff, like to make your own money, I helped fund it any way that I could. But your mindset towards that is proving my point. You're saying, I helped you start it. No, we started it as a married couple because married, your money's my money. Your money's our money. And by you saying, well, I'm the one who paid for it, is proving my fucking point, my dude. Like, that's the whole thing because we were just talking about financial abuse and you you don't think you played any part in that kind of aspect. But you saying that you started my business financially while we were deep into our marriage is proving, is, is solidifying what I'm saying. That's a triggering word for me, solidifying. <laughs> it's true, though. It is true, and that's because you always had the mindset of you're going to work getting a paycheck, so it's your money. No, I think if it was, okay, it was not my money, it was the family's money, but the family's money had to go towards our living expenses, or or else, like, we wouldn't have electricity, we wouldn't have gas, we wouldn't have a vehicle. Which I was never a part of. Like, you, you budgeting and you making sure we had rent money was just saying, no, you can't have that. No, I'm not getting that. No. Maybe later when we have more money. But the fact that I never knew how much money we had is the problem. It's not me asking you for stuff, which, which yes, that's a problem too. Because if I was a part of it, if I did know how much money we had, if I did know how much the bills were that month and how much we were behind and how much in the red we were, it would be different because it quickly became like a parental role for you. Like me just saying, oh, look, I want this. Can I have this? And you being like, no. Well, sometimes, too, you would, like, I would say no, but then I would still go cop it. Like, I remember, what was it, like a James Charles palette or something that you wanted? I was like dropping. That was for my birthday, yes. That was, like, the one year you got me a birthday gift. But, I mean, every so often, every so often I would try to get you something. Even if it was, like, a fight or argument. And, like, I'd say Right, no. but that's also a controlling aspect. Like, you were in an argument about something. You go buy it, but you're still pissed off about it. Because to you, that's not something we could afford to get. I wasn't pissed. There was many times you said, okay, got me something, and it was still, like, held over me. And there's no way you can fucking deny that. I mean, we don't gotta... I have no hard feelings towards it. I just want you to be aware of what that situation was. Because to you, it's just being the man of the house and taking care of the bills back then definitely. to me it's financial abuse 
and also that's just from my side um you've never been in that situation you've never been with you've never you've had a job your whole life so if you want something you get something for me it's just always been different like I've always depended up until this last year depended on someone else especially when I was being a stay-at-home mom so what's a weird situation I just I just want you to see my point of view from that because it's not as cut and dry as you think it was it was abuse and I apologize for that like I said I learned from that because now I'm more open when it comes to my finances. Even, oh, yeah, now it doesn't not, fucking matter. Even, or even, like, yeah, I was gonna say, even, like, not being with you. Yeah. Like, I'm open about that. It's kind of like whenever I put my child, like, child support on myself for both women, like, shit, yo, give them the max. Both of them. Like, I didn't give a shit. Because I knew, I knew whatever money I had left over, I was going to be able to, like, hustle. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to talk about that because I've been reading a lot about it and seeing a lot of videos about it. And it's not something I was ever aware of. Like, I knew it was fucked up that I was never on your bank account or we never had our own bank account or our own savings account. And... TBH, that's a red flag as fuck. Especially when you're years into a marriage and you're talking about spending your life together and building fucking houses on land and having all this stuff in the future, but we never did it together. And I still see a lot of women like this. Yeah. Who just accept that in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, like, and don't see a problem with it because that's been their whole fucking life. 20s. And, huh? 20s. Yeah. And it's a fucking problem, and I don't think it's talked about enough. Especially for the stay-at-home moms who are working their ass off every day. No, yeah. And I think I definitely... During... I think think it was like the second split. Yeah, during the second split. is when I think I really understood and appreciated... Not just you, but any mom that was a stay-at-home mom. Because that was at a time where... I was working nights, and then you were working days, and, like, whenever I'd get off, like, I would have to get off early sometimes, and shoot over to the house that you and the kids were at, and then you would be going into work, and then I'd be having to get the kids up, ready for school, take two to school at the time. And then it would be me and our youngest, and oh, yeah. I'd be I'd be having like no sleep because she's up during the day, and it's 
just like, I got to try to get some rest. And I'd sleep two, three hours maybe. And then it was off to pick up the kids from school, go back, feed them, homework. And then, boom, you're getting off. I'm, I'm headed in, you know? Yeah, man. It's no fucking joke. That's why when people look down on stay-at-home moms, it's like, fuck you. Because clearly you haven't had to do this ever. And I'm not putting down women who work and also have children. Like, good for fucking you. Yeah. Shout out to my homegirl down in the valley. It's like, that's what she does, man. Like, she, she works at night, throughout the night. And then she has a kid that she has to take to school. And I believe another one that stays with her during the day. So it's just like, bro, live that life. Like, yeah, that's it's crazy. Hard, yeah, that's a fucking hard-ass life. I still don't see how people do it. Like, I'm busy as fuck, don't get me wrong, running my own business, and thank God it's beginning to be successful, and it's I'm busy all the fucking time. Congratulations. Thank you. But I have got to a point in my life where I can provide for myself, and also... Does that mean you need to take me off? support <laughs> <laughs> and also take my kids to school pick pick them up from school do all the stay-at-home mom stuff I've been doing since they've been born but also run my own business so I'm not sure how I would manage I mean I'm sure I could manage having a normal nine-to-five job but Things are set up perfectly right now. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think looking at it from a mom's point of view, like with my daughter, and this is how I clarify a lot of things within myself is, what if this was your daughter? You know what I mean? Like, And, and I look at a lot of shit like that, you know, now. Like, if she was in the same situation, like, I'd have to kick some doors because, no, it's one, disrespectful, you're not valuing your wife, and it's just fucked up all around, and people will justify that shit. Like, well, he is the one who goes to work, he is the man of the house, the man of the house is supposed to rule everything, Jesus fucking Christ. And it's things that have been said to me multiple times. And not only were a lot of people taking your side on this when I would get the courage to talk about it to someone, but would also question like, well, what do you do all day with three fucking kids? Why is your house messy? You do nothing but stay at home. You're just sitting on your fucking phone all day. And it's like, I felt just fucking attacked, like, because I know how hard I'm working, even if it doesn't look like I'm doing anything, my kids are thriving, they're alive, they're getting out of the house, we're doing shit, I'm raising them, all three of them are very fucking smart, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're creating memories and a good childhood, like. That shit doesn't just come. So, it, it, 
I'm glad I'm not there anymore. <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm kind of glad I went through it because I know what to teach my daughter. Like, if she chooses to be a stay-at-home mom, that's great. But really know who you're getting into that situation with. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I went through it as well because it allowed me to appreciate those stay-at-home moms and be more open when it comes to finances, especially if I'm trying to build a future with this person. Yeah, fuck yeah. How do you feel, like, about older women who are in that situation? I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. Because really, what can they do? What can they do? Like, I don't... It's a weird situation because... I don't think that it's ever too late to find your hustle find find a way to bring in your own income but it's not that's not the problem like that's like how that's, that's the, the solution problem. for a lot of women is okay i need to make money so i can have my own shit but if you're with a man who makes good money and you're older and it's still the same thing as it was when y'all were younger like that's that's just gonna go on for fucking ever because at this point they're both set in their ways I don't know it's just fucked so what's the next one you wanna talk about what was that financial yeah uh mental yeah we can jump into that what do you have on mental um what do you think mental abuse is? Uh, really, I mean, fuck, gaslighting could be mental abuse. Yeah. Um. Not validating can be mental abuse. Asking for something from somebody, they give it to you, and you put them down for it, I think it'd be mental abuse. Just to where you have your partner second-guessing, or even yourself, you, like, you're second-guessing yourself with everything that you do because your partner makes you feel that way. Like, to me, that's, that's that falls in line, I think, with mental and emotional. Like, I think those two kind of go hand-in-hand. Because when you fuck with somebody's head, I, their emotions definitely change yeah i think this is another thing that gets swept under the rug because it's not physical abuse yeah and to me i've said it before like i have said this also because you put me through a lot of mental abuse i think not only you but other people i think mental and emotional abuse is a lot worse than physical yeah I remember, I remember specifically telling you, like, bro, I would rather you just beat the shit out of me than do all this mental shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, 
this wasn't one for us because I'm very close to my family, but I know a big one is isolation. Like when you have a partner that pulls you away from your friends and your family and they just isolate you from the outside world because you're easier to control that way. I was in something like that, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and you really don't realize it because it can be chalked up to, oh, we're busy. We just have a lot going on. Like, I don't have the time. Or that make you think that your friends and family yeah, aren't, are really, yeah, exactly. aren't, aren't really there for you. Like, don't go hang out with this person. They're bad influence or they just talk shit about you or put you down or, you know. They don't support you. They don't support you. And then, then you're fucked. Then it's just you and this person all day, every day. Like, I think, yeah. I think it all comes down to control. Yeah. Control is a big fucking thing. And just mon- mon- manipulate <laughs> manipulation. <laughs> Why is that so hard? Manipulate. Also, like being threatened. What do you mean? Not physically, but just your partner threatening you with things. Like anything. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this if you don't do this. Yeah. That's mental abuse. I experienced a lot of that. You have examples? Mm. You don't have to get deep into it, but it doesn't even have to be yours, just similar. If you know something. Man, nah, I don't I don't want to know. I don't want to. There was just there was a lot of times where it was almost like when it came to my visitation with our kids mm-hmm. that that was an issue. Which I, I can understand from the past, and I try my best to work around that, you know, and do everything I can I could to give this person some sort of reassurance, and like my efforts would go un unnoticed, unrecognized, however you want to say it. Yeah. And it's just like, bro, I'm going to the extreme, you know, other than bringing them physically over there with us but to me there was no point and it's just like I always get a feeling in a relationship and I don't know why like I, I stay as long as I do I guess because I, I want to be with this person I want shit to work and I feel like it'll go away in time that feeling that I have but you know, I had my feelings when it came to our relationship, and that's why we never had that joint account. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had my feelings in my other relationship, which is why I never wanted to bring my kids around. You know? Right. Because it's just like, to me, there were signs letting me know that this wasn't going to last. So, I... I just never put myself in those situations. 
Right, I hear you. Which, if you have those feelings that it's not going to last, then it Why probably... Why are you in it yeah, in the first place? Yeah, it probably yeah. is not going to last. All right, so, go ahead and get up out of there. With going back to the threats and threatening shit, like threatening and intimidation, like threatening divorce, yeah, threatening to take your kids away from you, mental abuse, and this triggered something in me because I don't remember a lot of shit from past relationships until I I read something, and I'm like, oh fuck, like, that was done to me. I know before, and this also ties into being a stay-at-home mom, like, and and only ever knowing being a dependent. I know, and I'm going to speak on something, I know you're not this person anymore, I know you're changed and you've grown, but it's real shit that's happened. Um, I know when we would have our big giant fights, um, I would be like, fuck you, blah, 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 blah. It was brought up to me that you could easily take the kids from me because I don't have a job. I can't support myself by myself without you. Um, the state's not going to give me my children because I cannot provide for them. And a bunch of shit like that. And as someone who never provided me for myself or my children, like, that scared the fuck out of me. Because I took it at your word. I thought, yeah, you could take my kids away from me. So when people are like, well, why'd you get back with them? It's because genuinely I thought you would take my kids away from me. I thought that I would be that mom who loses her kids because I chose to be a stay-at-home mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, you and me, we've had a lot of discussions. And that was never going to be something that happened. Well, no. Like, now, now's a lot different than then, for sure. Yeah. Because when we were just deep into hatred for each other. And I mean, I've said a lot of fucked up things too. Done a lot of fucked up things too. But that was just us going tit for tat. Like, you're never going to see your kids. No, you're never going to see your kids. Like, I'll take them away from you because of this. Or I'll take them away from you because of this. Like, our children were pawns in our... Um destruction of our marriage well i think that children tend to be pawns in a lot of breakups a lot of separations and they get weaponized oh yeah because i mean even if you want to go into like the other person i have kids with you know it was like, hey, you know, you, you don't send me pictures no more. And, yeah. And then, and that was all like, well, you don't ever ask. And then I began to ask, but I would never receive none. 
And so I just kind of stopped asking because it's just like, yo, like, why, why am I putting in this effort? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like that with a lot of shit with, with that particular individual. And it's just like, yo, I get it. You know what? You fucking hate me. You know, you want to make my life hell. But at the end of the day, like, the focus should be the fucking child. It shouldn't be how you feel about me. It should be how this kid feels. Right. Um, because every time I pick that little girl up, boy, she's just grabbing a hold of me, don't want me to put her down. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but that's because you have a relationship with her and she knows you're her dad. And I always will. I'll always have one with all my kids. I'm sure y'all will get through it, just like we got through it. And thank God we did get through it, because I I know how dirty that could have gotten if we just both stayed in that mindset of, fuck you, you're ruining my life, all this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another thing is your spouse making you feel like you're going fucking crazy. And I think this goes into gaslighting. Like, yeah, like I, you know for a fact that this is wrong or they're doing something wrong and they turn it on you. And they're like, no, you're just fucking crazy. And after so much of that, you do feel like you're going fucking crazy. You're like, am I the problem? Is it me? Am I the problem? Well, I mean, on a previous podcast, you did say that you were the problem. Nah. Nah. Pull it up. Clip it right now. I don't believe you. No. Um. Yeah, I remember uh, a lot of that happening. You know, me gaslighting for sure back then. Yeah. Yeah, that's just crazy. It's crazy because we've, we have gone through all of these steps. There is one that I don't think we ever did to each other. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, I can't say this word, humiliation and belittling, like belittling you in front of other people. Mm, Yeah, I don't think that ever happened. Or just embarrassing, like. No, I do that to myself. (laughs) Well, yeah, you stick your foot in your mouth a lot. We both do. Nice wig. <laughs> Bro, hey. Tell Look. it, tell it. All right, so her grandpa got hair plugs. Mm-hmm. And we were told to compliment him. And I'm like, yo, that's a nice wig. But, like, where <laughs> I come from, a wig is your hair. Like, a wig doesn't mean fake hair, like a toupee. A wig is just your head. Like, I'm going to split your wig open. I'm going to split your head open. You know, that that was, yeah. That uh, was the first thing he said to my poor grandpa, who <laughs> was just feeling himself. He had all this fresh new hair, and he said, nice wig, grandpa. He was like, it's not a wig. I was like, oh, shit. I, I was like, like uh, me and my whole entire family just looked at each other like, this motherfucker. The one thing you could have said wrong was, Nice wig, Grandpa. <laughs> so, yeah, we both stick our feet in our mouth. This ain't a wig. It's real hair, boy. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, my bad. 
I didn't mean it like that, Grandpa said. Nah, but yeah, I tend I tend to do that quite a bit. You know, do you? I, I think it's a language barrier. Do you think um, the silent treatment can be a form of mental abuse? Oh yeah, for sure. Like we're arguing, but it's getting nowhere, so I'm just gonna stop talking. I'm ignoring you. Because I know we did that to each other a lot. Yeah. Uh, definitely is a form of mental and emotional abuse because you're not resolving an issue. You're just pushing it off. And, and it you're, just comes back later ten times worse. You're locking yourself in that emotion. Yeah. And anger. Because it's not, like you said, it's not getting fixed. And, like, I tried and I learned that from our relationship. And so the next one that I had gotten into... Like, I saw that starting to happen, and, bro, like, I would have to try to force this individual to talk all the time, because I, I wanted to resolve it. I wanted to resolve with any issue we had, and a lot of times, it was the other participant, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know... When it came to me and our relationship, and also just any relationship I've had, and something I still struggle with is communicating through a fight or an argument, because I'm a fucking crier. And to me, if I cry during an argument, I'm weak as fuck. And I don't want to talk to you if I'm going to cry. And I'm a crier, so therefore, I can barely talk, ever. <laughs> yeah. And I know you said that on, on here that we have a, like, a good friendship, a healthy friendship, but there are times where you and me have differences on shit, like, when it comes to the kids or just you saying something in regards to the podcast or whatever it may be, and I'll clap back. And yeah, you get in your feels, and you still shut down or go cry. But I'm still like, yo, like we still need to talk about this. Like we still yeah. need to get this shit resolved because it tends to spill over and affect the kids. And I've learned that you've learned that, which is why, like after a couple minutes, it's just like, okay, boom, you're ready to talk. You know? Yeah. But, nah, I mean, Yeah, I think, that's definitely a big thing for me. I need to. And I don't, I, I don't think that that's something that is just something that needs to be done in a relationship because we're not in one, but even a co-parenting relationship because that, that type of shit still affects the kids. You know what I'm saying? saying? Like, if we get into an argument on the phone, over something and then you're crying and the kids know that I was on the phone with you and you just hang up or I just hang up and it's just like you know they know that their dad just made their mom cry and that's also something I struggle with because I know when we separated for our final time I cried a lot yeah and it wasn't because I wanted to be with you it was just mourning it was the final morning of our relationship. And I had to learn a fuck. I had to learn 
life. I had to learn how to do everything by myself. Like, all the shit you would do, I had to do that on top of everything I had to already do. And our oldest and our youngest both had a lot of resentment towards me because they knew that I was a cause of that. Because I was really sad. And yeah. that that's even without me ever saying, like, your dad's an asshole. He's making me sad. Your dad this. Like, I made it a point to never talk shit. But kids are people. They're not fucking stupid. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they know. They know. And I struggled with hiding my feelings and pretending everything was fucking fine. And struggled with showing them my feelings. Like, yo, I'm sad right now. And it's okay. Like, I'm going to get myself out of it. But I'm overwhelmed. I'm sad. I'm mad. Like. And. The only reason why it was our oldest and youngest is because our middle, our middle son is like me. If it don't directly affect you, then you don't really care. And so, oh yeah, yeah he's yeah, just yeah. chilling. He's like, "Yo, I got my own life over here." <laughs> but it definitely, all the abusive situations definitely make me want to acknowledge this kind of stuff with my children not only my daughter but the boys too like because you were mentally abused and emotionally and all the other ways fuck even physically not by me but but it's real shit and i don't think it's talked about enough with children that are growing up like teenagers and people who are getting into their first relationship or their first serious relationship or having their first kid like, this shit just gets played off to be normal. Like, oh, he's just a man. Men are like that. Women are bratty. Women want women want to go shopping all the time. You got to put your foot down and, like, and, all this bullshit. Like, no, that's not how it should be. And that's not how we shouldn't just be pushing it under the rug as to just how we are as human beings. That's fucking weird. Not only that, but I think that there's a lot of women and men in relationships, primarily women in relationships now that don't recognize it. They don't see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. You're just getting used the fuck up. And, man. Yes, you're getting used. And, man, I shared a post earlier today. It was like, um, People tend to take other people for granted and treat them like shit because they expect you to always be there. Right. And it's time for you. And, like, when you can recognize that, it's time for you to move the fuck on. It's time for you to get out of that situation. Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't... The other person is just benefiting. You know what I'm saying? You're the one that's suffering. And it's just only going to get worse. You know? And... Even if you try to communicate that to your partner and nothing changes, it's just going to continue to get worse. So getting out is something that needs to be done and moving on. Because you can be a great person once you get out. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. And I think good advice for anyone getting into a relationship or getting married or having kids is to 
always have an exit plan. Like, don't ever just not have anything ever, even if you're a stay-at-home mom. You know what I mean? Like, even if you got to cut corners and have a savings account or, like, have someone you can, like, have family or, you know? Because it's, it's a real issue when you feel like you're stuck and you feel like if you leave, your kids' lives are going to be fucked. Because as a mom, moms don't naturally just put themselves first, which is a problem. But at the very least, have a exit plan. And if my daughter wants to be a stay-at-home mom, like, do it, girlfriend. But have your ducks in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah, I saw a video not that long ago where this woman was a stay-at-home mom. And... I don't remember if she was a stay-at-home mom or just a stay-at-home wife, but she was taking money unknowingly out of her man's account and putting it into her own account. And it was like 20 grand that she had taken. And that caused a big issue. But it's just like... (laughs) But it's... For me... Yeah. I mean, yeah, having an exit plan. Like, if you have a dude that's just like, yeah, you know what? This is our bank account, okay? And this is what finances are. This is how much we got extra. And fuck it, like, say there's a $1,000 extra every month. Shit, here's 500 for you, 500 for me. Fuck it, 50-50. All right, and I think that's the way you should go about that situation. I think it's a problem if you're sneaking money. <laughs> that's yeah. weird. But at the same time, it's just like, you know what? I don't mind having a joint account with somebody in a future relationship, but I also want to be able to have my own private account away from the marriage. Oh, no, 100%. I think that's what, like, therapists and people say to do is to have your joint account and to have your own shit. Well, like, the joint account being what goes towards bills. You know what I'm saying? Well, and the family savings account. Yeah. Because you should have a joint savings account a joint bank account for bills. Because, see, I I just like surprising people with shit. And it's just like, if we got a joint bank account, you can see what the fuck I'm buying. Like, if you're like, oh, why'd you go to K Jewelry? Why'd you go to Victoria's Secret? Like, where, where did you get that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is there another bitch? Like, no, there's not. Like, I wanted to fucking surprise you with some fucking gift. But, like, you want a fucking pocket watch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and I vice think... versa. And it's definitely a topic of conversation you should have before you start a serious relationship. Because, of course, we were young and in love and just wanted to get started with life. We didn't talk about our future. We didn't talk about financial things. We didn't didn't plan shit. And it fucked us up. Because we, if we would have talked about it, we would have knew from start, from jump, that we were not on the same page. And see, this goes back to what I said last podcast. Getting to know that person first. Talk mm-hmm. about everything. And then it's just like, I think during that stage is when you can determine whether or not like you want to trust this person, rely on this person, be with this person. You know what I mean? I think another another thing 
did was we we dated in high school. And then when it got into adulthood, we just kind of up in this shit. Well, we felt that same connection as we did in high school, but from high school to adults, it, it's a completely different thing. Different people. For and sure. we want to feel that high school love, but aren't focusing on the very real adult responsibilities that we need to that we need to be seeing eye to eye on. Yeah, because we we went from that to having fucking kids. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Just trying to figure that shit out. Yeah. You know. And I think we played the blame game a lot, which oh, is yeah. another sign of mental abuse. Blame game. The blame game. Like, our life is shitty because of you. Like, you need to go to work, bitch, so we can have more money. Or, like, me blaming you for whatever. Or, like, you not prioritizing what needs to be prioritized. Because that was a big problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> There's so many versions of abuse that nobody talks about. Well, last one is physical. Do you have anything on physical? Um, I have personally never been physically abused. So, I don't have any advice. I mean... I think not being... Not having food to eat for days is a form of physical abuse. Okay. Okay. And it's so weird because I went through all of that with nobody fucking knowing. And it's weird because it's like, did people know? I, Granted, I was in Oklahoma and everyone I knew lived in Texas. And there was no communication. I was just dropped off the side of the fucking earth. And I don't blame anybody for not questioning it because I never spoke up about it. Yeah. But as a but as a parent, I think I would be fucking destructive as fuck if I'm not hearing from my daughter for weeks on end. Well you gotta think too, y'all y'all are freshly married. No, yeah, and moved out, like y'all are enjoying y'all shit. Yeah, it's so easy for no it, one to blink an eye. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I don't hold resentment towards anybody except him, obviously. He could He could do yeah. a lot of things, I'm not going to say. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> but I don't know, man. It's just, I feel like that was a lifetime ago. And I wish I would have spoke up about it. I wish I would have gotten out sooner. But I didn't. And that's just a hard lesson learned. It could have been a lot worse. He could have been beating the shit out of me. But not to undermine what I went through, but I think it's just really having someone to talk to about it. Yeah, I've had a couple. I've had a couple exes put hands on me. Slap the shit out of you? Yeah. Damn. Punch me. Wasn't me, by the way. Nah, clarify. <laughs> nah, it wasn't you. But nah, I've been, 
I've been slapping. I've been punched by a couple. There's many times I wanted to slap you, but I'm a controlled human being, and I would never step over that boundary. I'll cuss you out. I'll yell at you. <laughs> but putting my hands on you, and I think that's also just coming from an abusive situation with my previous person before you. Like, I know I went from him completely ignoring me and pretending I didn't exist to you who we we said words all the time. Like, it wasn't, it was communication, but it wasn't good communication. Yeah. Like, it was, it was toxic as fuck, but yeah. you weren't ignoring me. So it was like, I had both ends of the spectrum. What do you have to say about physical abuse? I think just, I think it's just having a plan at the start. Because feeling well, trapped is the worst thing for anyone. It's yeah. feeling trapped in a relationship. There should always be a way out. And I think you should know basic survival things like how to survive without this person. Yeah, well, you know, if we're going to go into to my physical abuse experiences, the only thing I can really say on that is, like, I should have fucking dipped. But I know people that stayed in, in those type of relationships and shit got better supposedly or stopped. But it's just, like, the lack of care, the lack of respect that your partner does not have for you in order for them to just be able to put hands on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, should be signs enough. Like, yeah, granted, it may have stopped, you know, years later. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, how many fucking years are you trying to wait till it stops? Like, I get that you love this individual and want to be with them, but they obviously don't love you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, again, I guess that goes back to the whole saying, like, love is blind. You just have those blinders on. And it's oh, just like this, sure. this person isn't just, you know, showing you through words. Like, this motherfucker is being physical with you. Like, he's showing you through actions how much he does not love you. And how much right. he doesn't care about you or respect you, but you still want to fucking stay? Like, that I, is, it's so hard it. being on the outside looking in because I truly believe you're mentally fucked when you're going through any kind of abuse. Like, well, two, I, I, I also want to bring this up. Two, some people that stay in those situations have a lot of unresolved childhood trauma. Okay. You know, whether they were beat by their parents or um, something happened to them in their childhood that just fucked them up that they haven't dealt with. So for them, this is something that's normal. This is this is how love is shown. Right. And it's just like, bro, you got to you got to go get that help. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to fix you before you get with anybody, because what you're in isn't what it's supposed to be like 
Yeah. I agree. It is so hard seeing, because I've been close to people who have been physically abused in a relationship, and they just won't get the fuck out. And I'm like, bitch, leave. And it's it's not oh it's not weak people it's strong individuals who can support themselves so that shows you like even if you do know how to survive by yourself you can make it in life by yourself it's just a mental fucking jail cell that you can't get out of and unfortunately it takes a big it usually takes something giant to happen for them to wake up and say, I need to get the fuck out. Yeah, and it normally is those strong individuals like that that are weak in a relationship in that aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they've been strong all the way up until this point. And so they feel like they almost have to be submissive to this person. Yeah. But again, that, that goes to shit that may be unresolved from childhood that needs to be resolved maybe i know for me i was never the one to leave out of any of my abusive relationships i always had to be the one that was left and i wish it wasn't that way i wish i would have woken up and seen it for what it was but i mean now current life that's why when someone calls me a bitch, I'm never going to be offended. I'm never going to be offended. But being in the dating scene is fucking crazy because I may overcompensate with being an independent, not taking any shit woman. Because there's been people who, who kind of shame me for being independent or knowing what I want or knowing what I won't accept. And it's like, bitch, you do not know what the last, what, 10, 15 years of my life have been like. Now that I'm finally at a place where it's all about me, it's crazy. Because you you realize quickly how uncomfortable that makes men in particular. Yeah. Even women. Like, they think you're bossy. Or you're stuck up, or you're a fucking bitch, and if I have to be called those names to never be in that kind of situation again, like, so fucking be it, because I've always been a weak bitch. I've always been controlled. I never knew what I wanted. I never knew how to get the things I needed in life. And now that I do, it's like, I'm shamed more now than I was for being abused. Are being in an abusive situation. Yeah. Like people love to see what looks like a happy home. And when you get out of it, they're like, oh, she was the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be a bitch. That's my advice. Figure out what you want and don't let anybody fucking change it. Even if they call you a bitch or bossy or controlling or... I don't know, all the words. Yeah. And then, I mean, if you're a dude, shit, it'll be 100. I kept, I kept the 100, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And I think it stems from being a people pleaser, too. Yeah. Like, being a people pleaser is destructive as fuck. And I stopped pleasing, especially after this last one. And it's funny, because I just talked to my mom about this today. And she was, she's, she has a lot of fucking kids between her and her husband. Ex-husband. Yeah. And she's at a point now where all her kids are grown, but now she has a fuck ton of grandkids. <laughs> and she tries yeah. she tries to accommodate everyone. And mind you, she has kids that live in, they have kids that live in three different states. So it's not as easy as just, oh yeah, drop the kids off or do this. Like, four different states. Yeah, it's about... I don't want to say the names, but I was thinking like... Yeah, Vegas. Texas. Texas, North, North Carolina, Carolina. North or South Dakota. Somewhere up there. One of the Dakotas. One of the Dakotas. But she mentioned today how it's hard to please everyone. And I told her like, then don't. Yeah. Don't try to please everyone because your quality of life is just diminishing at this point. Because you want to people please. You want to. And it's a natural thing. She's a great person. She wants everybody to be comfortable. And everybody to get what they want. But fuck that. I'm not even 30 yet. And I am so happy I'm not a fucking people pleaser. Because you're either going to be around me or you're not. I'm not switching up. I'm not switching up my priorities. My happiness. My character. So you can be comfortable. Man, I think I think the people pleasing. Yeah, you just gotta learn what you want to do and not do to please people, because, like I stated in, in other ones like, my ex had gotten me to where I had distanced myself from my family. Mm-hmm. Where, where we lived over an hour away at one point, we made it a point to come here. To visit the once grandparents. Once a week at least. Yeah, once a week we came to visit family. Because family was still a very important thing to me. Right. And not just me, but my kids having a relationship with both their grandparents over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we even made 25, I think it was like 25 hour trip nonstop in a vehicle. To go be with your family in Vegas whenever they were there. We took trips to North Carolina to go visit your fucking family. And you started to feel like that was people pleasing? No, I felt like that was an important thing to do. Because family is important. No, but like once you distanced yourself from all your people. Did you start thinking that was for no reason? Or you were just doing that for them? I... When I was distancing myself, it was because I let this person believe, like, I let this person make you believe, make me believe that they didn't care about me. They didn't care about my kid. But I, once I got out, I, I had opened up my eyes and I was like, no, like, this is just how this situation is. Right. And it's just like I always say, a phone works two ways. So so does a relationship. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if I want my family to have a relationship with me and they're not reaching out to me, then, yo, I'm going to reach out to you. If you're not willing to come visit my kid, then I'm going to bring my kid to you. You know what I mean? I'm not just going to be like, hey, you know. If you don't come, you don't see them. Yeah. Because, like, no one wins in that situation. I agree partially. Yeah, I feel like there still needs to be effort. There needs to be a balance for sure, unless they're, like, disabled, obviously. Yeah. Or they're really old. Well, I mean, damn. But even even that phone call saying, hey, I miss my grandkids, can you bring them to me? Yeah. That hey. shows some kind of effort, some kind of communication saying, I want this time. Can you make it happen? Yeah. Because even that is showing something. And I think, too, you have to understand the individual that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Because my dad, for instance, he's not one of those people. He's never going to pick up the phone. He's never going to call. He's never going to text. He's never going to pull up at your house. He he just, he's not doing it. Yeah. It's not that he doesn't care. It's just not him. He's just not that person. He's more of like, you want to have a fucking relationship? Then you fucking come to me. Right. And he's just old and set in his ways. I disagree with it. A thousand percent. I've been vocal about that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, if I want to have that relationship or if I want my kids to have that relationship, then I got to put in this effort. And yeah, it sucks that he doesn't put in none. But, you know, it is what it is. But the benefits from that relationship are just great it's not yeah. like he's a shitty grandparent no he's an amazing grandparent yeah it's just put you have to be the one to put that effort in yeah but the outcome is great it'd be different if he was shitty yeah an old grouchy man who no one wants to be around but everyone loves him yeah i mean he's a good dude to be around for sure and I think I will always continue to bring our kids over to your parents because they have significantly helped not only me and you, but me yeah. as a single person, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be vocal for me. Like, I see, I see everything that's done and that's never taken for granted, so... Even if he turns into be a grouchy old man. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, grouchy old man, I'm bringing your grandkids over. We're finna have a dinner. That's how it's gonna be. Yeah. And he'll be like, come on with it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But hell, I think it's time to call this one. Uh, you have a subject for the next one? No. <laughs> I wish I did, but I don't. But to summarize abuse, it comes in many different fucking forms. Yeah, you, it's not just physical. You gotta be self-aware. You just gotta know. And I think that comes from... Educate yourself. Educate yourself, educate your children on what's good and what's bad. Because like I said, that's that's not something I was ever taught. Definitely physical abuse. I knew all about that, like... 
if a man hits me, it's going down type of shit. Yeah. But it's not normal to feel trapped. It's not normal to just be mentally stuck. And always be you and be true to you. And if your partner or somebody doesn't like it, then fuck them. They yeah. don't they don't want you. They want somebody else. I love when someone says I'm too much. Like my attitude is too much or I'm doing the most or I'm hard headed or stubborn, like because I earn that shit. I earn that shit. I fucking love it because right off the back, if someone says you're stubborn as fuck or you're being annoying or you're too loud or you're too this, too this, too that, then yeah. I know, like, that's not the person for me. I think that they can be a sign of manipulation, too, though. What? I'm telling your partner that they're too much. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, like, Okay, I think that that rewind goes both ways. Because I had a partner that was like, I'm too much for you. You can't handle me. And it's just like, no, you're not. Like, no, you're just a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, what What do you want me to do? Like, What can I do? And then there you go trying to please this person. Yeah. You yeah, know? that's definitely weird. I would never be like, I'm too much for you. Yeah. You can't handle me. And that's things I've said before. In past relationships. But I started to see that it wasn't that this individual was too much. I was just getting frustrated with doing what this individual wanted and it not being exactly what she wanted. You know? Right. Right. Like, hey, when you're at visitation, I want you to text me constantly or, or, or pick up the phone whenever I call. And it's like, bet. And it's just like, well, that's not enough. And it's just like, well, what the fuck do you want me to do? And it's just like, why are you being frustrated? Am I too much for you? And it's just like, God dang. Like, no, just tell me, tell me what it is. Like, let me, you know. It's just like, well, FaceTime me. It's just all very controlling and toxic and yeah, people-pleasing, just all bundled into one. That's a weird situation. But I get it, like, I get wanting to make something work that you're doing something out of character. Yeah. Because you're trying to be a good partner, but when it's not validated, that's when it's like, then what the fuck, why am I doing something I wouldn't naturally do? Because I don't think it's a problem if that would have made her feel comfortable, if that would have made her feel validated. That's fine. Yeah. That's not that's not where the problem is. The problem is asking for something and then shitting on it anyway. Yeah. Well, let's I'm gonna get up out of here. I gotta go run the streets, feed these homeless people. Go run these streets. I think that but was a good a, conversation. In a, in a positive way. Positive way. Right there, homie. Until next time. Until next time. Later. Deuces.